You've heard me talk about Tacovas, the company carrying on all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. Well, longtime listener Jeremy emailed me to say, Zabe, I was on a work trip to Austin, knew about Tacovas from the podcast, stopped into the store. Next thing you know, I've got a damn good pair of boots and I'm looking sharp with a nice buzz to boot. Giddy up. Tacovas believes in Western for all. And you can feel that when you stop in one of their stores and get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and the most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 at Tacovas.com. Just use promo code ZABE, that's promo code Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, at checkout. It's a $30 value, and they sell out fast. Only at Tacovas.com. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece Wick Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no. There is still plenty of opportunities to put a little something-something on the games. The NBA, college basketball, NHL, yes, golf. No matter what tickles your fancy, there is still plenty of action to whet your appetite. But just remember, where you bet is every bit as important, if not more so, than what you're betting on. That's why I tell my friends to go to mybookie.com. A-G. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big DraftKings fan duel, whatever. No, 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 no. Johnny come latelys. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does that matter? Oh, I don't know. In a million ways. Better lines, better payouts, less rules, you name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Now, make sure you read the rules on payouts regarding bonus wagering. It does require certain levels of wagering to collect your money, but if you just want to bet straight up, you don't want the deposit, you want to make a one-time bet for a million dollars, win it, and then walk away, Fine, you can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today. This is the ZABEcast. From the mean streets of McLean, Virginia, to the Harvard of the West, UC Santa Barbara. You got 30 minutes for some honest conversation about sports, life, and more? Well, good. Buckle up and let's go. Thursday, February 29, Leap Day 2024. How are you, everybody? How many leap year babies are out there that were born on a leap day on February 29th? What do you do for your birthday? Do you celebrate it March 1st? 
Feb 28? Do you alternate years until it is? Do you really blow it out every four years when you get to a leap year and it's your birthday? I don't know. I'd like to hear from some leap year babies today. Let's get to the best story in the NFL right now, which is the number one, number one pick in the Chicago Bears. What will they do? Do they stick with Justin Fields, who has shown a little bit of promise so far? Has still all the tools to be a top-flight quarterback? They're adding the weapons around him to become that game-changing quarterback. Or do they pull the plug and say, you know what, he'll never be good enough. We're going to go with the new guy, presumably Caleb Williams, to start a new era. I know that the FOMO, and I told this to Charge yesterday, I said the FOMO of passing on a guy in Caleb Williams who might be generational is going to be too much, I think, for the Bears to resist. They're going to take Caleb Williams. Unless, say, the commanders blow them away to move up one single spot to bring the hometown hero back to D.C. I don't see it happening. I think the Bears will take Caleb Williams. I think they will trade Justin Fields, and that will be that. Now, the question becomes, how good does anyone think Caleb Williams is going to be? And the answer to that is, it's complicated, and nobody truly knows. I enjoy watching and listening to and deciphering and sort of sifting through the opinions of people on Twitter who do sort of scouting reviews of upcoming quarterbacks. And you take everyone with a grain of salt based on how long have they been doing it? Do they have a track record of being right? Did they play quarterback at a high level in the NFL or not? And so you just kind of put it all into a big pot and you let it stew as a fan thinking, all right, this guy thinks this, this guy thinks that. Oh, wait a minute, this guy's now changing his mind. So here's a couple of samples. Kurt Bankert, former third stringer for the Green Bay Packers, now out of the league, but he's trying to make a go of it online, and and he, he leans into the analysis of what he sees in guys. First came out after a first look, a first glance of Caleb Williams, and absolutely trashed him and said, Oh, my God. Terrible footwork, doesn't do this, doesn't do that. It was a very negative review. He looped back after that, and I'm sure some people gave him some pushback, and maybe he just wanted to do his due diligence and said, upon further review, watching more Caleb Williams tape, here's some pros. Live arm, can drive level two throws with ease, Creative in the pocket, sneaky scrambler, great throw on the run, strong core to shed arm tackle sacks, and climbs pocket with eyes downfield. The cons, footwork and timing, ball security in the pocket, outside receiver go ball placement, consistency, and lower top end speed than anticipated. Interesting. Now that's just one man's opinion. Orlovsky has been fairly positive so far on ESPN. But I think the the more prominent you get, and Orlovsky is one of the more prominent guys out there, the more measured you're going to be in your criticism of a player. In part because there'll be great pushback if there's a consensus 1-1 and you dare to step out of line and say, you know what, 
I think this guy's going to suck. I'm betting the, the don't pass line on him. I'll never forget the infamous Nolan Narwaki review of one Cam Newton. Cam! It was a pretty scathing review saying, immature, not a leader, really kind of attacked his character. Now, it turned out to be both wrong and kind of right, but Cam obviously had a very successful NFL career, even though it wasn't as long-lived as many people would have liked. His body kind of got beaten up from all the running and the diving and the fact he took a lot of hits at the goal line, his shoulder gave out and whatnot. But I think now we're kind of seeing some of the personality traits that Nolan Narwaki dared to say, look, I don't see it with this guy. Now, again, he was wrong in that Cam Newton turned out to be pretty good when it was all said and done. He was never a great pure passer. I don't think he was ever really in that 60% range as a passer, or you know, 65% at least. But still, it's interesting because the way people attacked Narwaki over that bit of, okay, I'm, I'm, I don't think this guy's it, shows you there's kind of a group think that goes on, and there is a, hey, man, don't be mean to these kids because you never know. The fact that very few people, except for Merrill Hodge, said, I think Johnny Manziel's a bust, tells you that when the momentum gets going for a guy, few people are willing to step out of line. Now, you can go ahead and Google Merrill Hodge, uh, Johnny Manziel. This was back when he was on ESPN. And it was so right about Manziel and had nothing to do with Manziel's character, had nothing to do with his drug addiction, was simply on him as a quarterback, and Merrill Hodge nailed it. Well, Merrill Hodge said about Caleb Williams, he is not special. And that turned a lot of heads. Here Merrill Hodge was at Radio Row at the Super Bowl with the, quote, not special line that got the waves rippling on the the blogosphere, if you will, or the internetosphere or the social media sphere. People said, ooh, what? Merrill Hodge. He's kind of an oracle. He was dead right about Manziel, and now he's saying Caleb Williams is not special. Here he was on Radio Row. I've only watched Caleb Williams three games last year, three this year, so I'm only halfway done, okay? The one thing that I that is clear, he is not special. He is not something unique like a Patrick Mahomes, and I hope the Bears don't think, well, let's, let's, let's try to make up for our mistake when we pass up Patrick Mahomes and go get the Patrick Mahomes. The kid is not Patrick Mahomes ain't even remotely close to that. It is unfair to Justin Fields. He has had new coordinator, new coordinator, new coordinator. There's no possible way you can know about your guy when you do that. It's the worst thing that can happen to any player, especially a quarterback. Now, when Justin came out, the one thing that I thought he had, he had just inexperience. He just needed more experience. He lacked that. But what I have seen in Justin Fields, from my evaluation, there's enough growth and hope there that I would not lose. I would not let him go because I see enough there. Interesting. Now, of course, the words not special was the electrified third rail that was going to get some people coming back at him. Because remember, we're living in a day and age in which, how dare you say we're not special? We're all special. You're a special child. I'm a special child. How dare you? Here was Hodge on a Chicago radio station kind of backtracking or clarifying his points about 
Caleb Williams. You did say Caleb Williams is not special. Can you expand yeah. on that a little bit, Merrill? You know, like, yeah, well, here's what you get for doing a drive-by. And then I didn't realize the word special was so um, igniting. Um, because and that to me, I was like, you got to define what special is. And when you do a drive-by, you don't, you don't get to explain that. In, in, five to, in the last five or six years, there's been two guys that have been special. So let me define what I think is special by giving you two players that play that position and what you ultimately have I like to see in college prior to coming here. Now, just because he's not special, let me just clear this up. doesn't mean he doesn't have a chance to be a very good player and a dynamic player because he does have some elite things, which I'll get to in a second. Okay. Um, you got Joe Burrow and C.J. Stroud in the last five or six years. Now, what makes them special in my eyes? I'm not saying it's anybody else's eyes, but I don't look at – when I'm studying kids on tape in college, I'm not looking at where they're playing. I'm looking at where they're going to play. And that is confusing for people sometimes because I know what environment they're going into. First of all, the field's going to change, okay? Hash bar's going to go narrow, and they're going to play in the middle of the field. My guy's as good as your guy. It isn't like my guy's better than your guy 70% of the time in college. Um, I'm not going to get four seconds in the pocket I- anymore, and guys aren't going to be running wide open all the time, okay, or majority of the time, we'll put it that way. And so you're trying to look for way, people that can ultimately play from the pocket. At the end of the day, that is where you must master this game, I mean, the NFL, if you're going to be truly consistently successful. I'm not saying that a guy who doesn't have mobility – um, isn't a value, and there isn't some dynamicness in that. But nobody is going to run the, They haven't done it yet. There's no quarterback that's run himself to a championship. Um, there's nobody that's scrambled themselves to a championship. It Eventually, at the end of the day, you have to play quarterback, and you have to be dynamic and good from the pocket. Amen to that. And I love how he puts it like the way he did, saying hash marks get more narrow, so it's more congested. you got to play down the middle more. Your guy is their guy is as good as your guy at every position across the field, instead of being way better most of the time. And you don't have four you don't have four seconds of the pocket. You've got probably two and a half seconds. Huge difference. And guys are not running free by five, ten, or more yards. In the NFL, if a guy's got a shoulder ahead of his defender, that's oftentimes considered open. And you've got to put it on there to complete it. So, Hodge, interestingly enough, is not super sold on Caleb Williams, but realized that maybe the words not special were a bit harsh. I listen to Merrill Hodge, though, because I do think he is like an oracle. He's kind of like, remember that there's uh, the investor uh, who was featured in the big short. Uh, Michael Burry is his name. Michael Burry was one of the few guys or one of the only guys to, to really see through what was going on prior to the 2008 financial crash, the real estate crash that fucked up the economy, and bet the other side, and bet the other side heavily and made a ton of money. Michael Burry was featured in the movie The Big Short and was played by Christian Bale in that movie. But Burry isn't always right, though, all the time. Nobody is. In fact, I looked this up. Burry in January of 2023, so a year ago, warned that the U.S. economy was likely to enter a recession in 2023. He said, quote, inflation has peaked, but it's not the last peak of the cycle. We are likely to see the consumer price index lower, possibly negative 
in the second half of the year and the U.S. in recession by any definition. The Fed will cut, the government will stimulate, and we will have another inflation spike. It's not hard. But alas, it is hard because that didn't happen. What did happen? I This is not a financial podcast, people. I don't know. But I know that there was not the recession that he predicted with such confidence. Kurt Warner talks about how hard it is to predict guys. This talking about college quarterbacks and to the pros. He tweeted, I know many of you love college football, but as I start to dive into these college QBs, it's hard for me to even watch. Very few play on schedule. The past concepts are a mess most of the time. They run the same play over and over, a million bubble screens, can't find many concepts that translate to the next level, and then people are asked to figure out how good that player will be at the next level. Nearly impossible in my mind, he wrote. He went on to say, for me, C.J. Stroud is a great example. Obviously really good in college, and OSU runs more pro-style concepts than most, but they didn't ask him to process and get the ball out as quickly as he did last year in Houston. So I had no idea, says Warner, that he would be so good at processing so fast. He's better in the NFL than what we got to see in college, but many times you just don't know until you know. Amen to that. Predicting the future is hard. Quick break. On the other side, Paul Lucas of UniWatch on the MLB uniform debacle and the time a British reporter was floored to find out from him that the Yankees have a no-beard policy. You are listening to the Zabecast. If 2024 is the year you're jetting off to a new country or even just want to expand your language skills beyond English, then I urge you to check out Rosetta Stone today. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years. Why? Because it works. Instead of drilling vocabulary words, with Rosetta Stone you learn by matching audio, from native speakers to visuals, reading stories, participating in dialogues, and other practical language skills that fast-track your ability to communicate fluently. Not only is it a more effective way to learn, it's more fun. Rosetta Stone's advanced voice recognition technology gives you feedback on how well you pronounce words. Other language learning apps use speech recognition to detect what you said. Rosetta Stone tells you how well you said it. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages with lessons available on your computer, phone, or tablet. And with a lifetime membership, you get forever access to all the lessons for all the languages and never pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, ZabeCast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. 
rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no. There is still plenty of opportunities to put a little something-something on the games. The NBA, college basketball, NHL, yes, golf. No matter what tickles your fancy, there is still plenty of action to whet your appetite. But just remember, where you bet is every bit as important, if not more so, than what you're betting on. That's why I tell my friends to go to mybookie.com. A-G. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big DraftKings fan duel, whatever. No, 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 no. Johnny come latelys. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does that matter? Oh, I don't know. In a million ways. Better lines, better payouts, less rules, you name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Now, make sure you read the rules on payouts regarding bonus wagering. It does require certain levels of wagering to collect your money. But if you just want to bet straight up, you don't want the deposit, you want to make a one-time bet for a million dollars, win it, and then walk away, fine. You can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today. Paul Lucas of UniWatch.com joins us now and Paul, thank you for coming on. I feel like you were born for this moment with this MLB uniform <laughs> debacle on our hands. I'll start with this. Is this the biggest uniform disaster in your lifetime? Uh, it's certainly one of the biggest stories that's happened. I mean, there have been worse designs out there on a team-by-team basis. I, I think of, like, the Jacksonville Jaguars two-tone helmet. <laughs> um, but um, on a league-wide basis, this is – probably the the biggest story that i've covered yeah yeah i mean i along with many others have been saying how why who would sign off on this and i've read some people who have had access to mlb officials give at least half convincing arguments as to why this uniform evolution happened but i'm just not totally sold what do you know um, you know, I, I don't know as much as I would like to, and that is, uh, I think, because one of the strangest and most confounding aspects of this story is how little communication there's been from Major League Baseball and from Nike. Um, you know, there, there were a lot of changes that have been made to the uniform. Uh, you know, the, the player's name lettering on the back of the jersey has been made smaller. The Major League Baseball logo on the back of the jersey has been lowered. The uh, the piping on the that runs along either side of the the button placket has been narrowed, and and so on and on and on. Lots of little changes. The the white uniforms, the white home uniforms, are no longer white. They're now slightly off white. Right now, maybe there's a good maybe there's a good reason for all of those things, but we haven't been told those reasons. It's been a complete communications vacuum, um, which I find both frustrating and frankly, very surprising because if there's one thing we've learned over the years about Nike, it's that they're not shy about trumpeting and bragging about and often, you know, on and on and on in in kind of cringe-inducing marketing speak about their supposedly innovative changes to uniforms. Right. But in in this case, there's really been not quite silence, but almost silence. Basically, we've just gotten... 
um, generalized terms like the uniform is more is more tailored for performance. Well, duh, it's for professional athletes. Of course, you're tailoring it for performance, or it's more moisture wicking, or it has a more athletic cut. And like these are the sort of broad strokes that. Yeah, we know. Of course, you're going to improve those things. That's like the standard line. But in terms of the specific changes to specific aspects of the uniform, often very visually familiar aspects that fans have gotten used to seeing a certain way over the years and that now suddenly look a different way, there's really just been crickets. There's been no explanation. And and that's, I, I find, confounding and, and just inexcusable yeah i guess that's the whole notion of success is a thousand fathers failures an orphan nobody wants to talk about <laughs> this right because it's such but a disaster. you know it, it i guess but if they had gotten if they had sort of introduced this with a bunch of explanations it would not have initially have been i mean well, now it's perceived as a failure but if they had introduced it in a certain way i mean maybe people would have responded you know poorly or positively we don't know we'll never know but if you know what you're saying is sort of like the horse is out of the barn and nobody wants to talk about it now but if they had introduced all of this and explained why they were doing what they were doing from the outset you know the horse was still in the barn right then. well what and, is shocking and, and is that that, yeah. that to me is the, is the real failure yeah what what is shocking and you're right i didn't even think about this till you mentioned it they normally always do these big reveal events where they get a handful of players and they say, hey, new uniforms, take a look. They didn't do right. that this and time. It, and in this, yeah, there, it all sort of dribbled out in, in you know, somebody saw a photo here or a video there, uh, but there was no real major announcement. I mean, we all knew it was coming. It wasn't like the, we didn't know a new uniform template was coming for this season. But there wasn't, like you say, a specific event or an unveiling, or a press release. You know, there, it just it just suddenly players were arriving at spring training and wearing this new stuff, and there was no explanation. And I, I think that is the biggest failure. And and because when you it, it has basically let uh, fans and the media to a certain extent take control of the narrative because you know this this right. is something coming from Major League Baseball and coming from Nike. It should be their narrative. Um, we can push back against it or, you know, say, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense or whatever, but at least it provides a starting point for the discussion or it would if they had done that. But instead they have left this void, this vacuum and in has rushed, you know, the fan base, the reporters, people like me to sort of figure it out on our own and come up with our own narratives and our own explanations and, you know, and, and. It's it's like basically starting a fire and then walking away from it and and saying like oh look at that the whole house is on fire yeah well that looks bad someone should call the fire department wow (laughs) yeah exactly yeah well one article I read said that it's been going on for two years the players have been consulted they wanted something lighter that was more four way stretch breathable all that stuff and the design was a reflection of that and that's why they went away from the actual name plate and the larger stitched logo to more sublimated stuff uh, or appliques because they're lighter. And I thought, I'm not convinced that an athlete can tell the difference in weight between a nameplate and a sublimated name. Yeah, uh, just to be clear, I don't think there's anything sublimated. Not sublimated, right. Applique, Uh, right, applique. Yeah. Yeah. 
But yeah, uh, I think that's yeah, what I it mean, is. Yeah, the, the idea. Yeah, yeah, the idea that um, you know, making the players' names smaller, smaller lettering, is going to make the jersey lighter. Now, that may be technically true by like a fraction of an ounce. It would be right. interesting to to take, you know, Shohei Otani's name and you know take the letters that spell out Otani and weigh them in the old lettering and the new lettering and see what the difference is. And like, is that really going to make a difference in his performance? Has every other team been at a competitive disadvantage against the Yankees for all these years because <laughs> they have their players' names on the back of the jersey right. and the Yankees don't? They run you know, if it were, Yeah, I mean, it, it's absurd on its face. Now, yeah. like, does it matter to have a somewhat lighter uniform? Yeah, I'm sure a little bit. It's worth remembering, though, that baseball – Unlike basketball, unlike hockey, unlike football, baseball players spend most of the game just standing there. They just right. stand around. Uh, I mean, the pitcher doesn't, obviously, but most of the play, you, you can be a left fielder and literally not have a ball hit to you all game, and you're just standing there. It, so the idea of performance fabric, I'm not saying it's irrelevant, but it's not the same as it is for players in these other sports. Uh, when you're talking about baseball and the idea that a fraction of an ounce is going to make a difference is is just silly and also you know last i checked the baseball season starts in late march key games are played in april your world championship uh series the world series takes place in october and now stretches into november these are cold weather dates, you know, like <laughs> you're going like, to want warmer it, I, uniforms for that. <laughs> am I, do I really want a more lightweight Jersey? I mean, that's fine in July and August, right. but what exactly does that do for me in April? What exactly does it do for me for your showcase event, the world series? Like it, there's just something doesn't add up about yeah. all of this. It's terrible. It's as bad as when the NBA thought the average Joe blow American would buy the t-shirt uniforms that were popular in Europe, but then realize that most Joe Blow fans are fat, so they're not going to look good in those. <laughs> and even the players, remember remember how the players hated those? Yeah. And they yeah. kind of quietly I mean, phased them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at least for that, though, that was not a league-wide initiative where every NBA right. team suddenly had a alternates. jersey, and yeah. they were alternates, and, yeah. and only some of the teams had them. And whereas this is a league-wide thing, and it's the primary uniforms. And so that's, that's you know, that's sort of the difference between, like, let's try a little experiment and see what works versus I'm diving in, you know, whole hog, and, and this is just the way it's going to be now for everybody. And um, Well, yeah, I'm, old enough, I'm old enough to remember when UniWatch.com was digging into the fact that a swoosh was going to appear on a baseball jersey for the first time. And that was mm-hmm. quite the to-do. Now we're dealing with this, so we're we're definitely not in Kansas anymore, Toto. Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly uh, it's an interesting story. It's interesting to see the way it's taken off. Uh, I was just interviewed before I spoke to you today. I got a call from a reporter uh, from the Times of London, <laughs> and that's certainly a first when the Times of London is covering this story. And the the reporter, he's a British guy. He admitted to me he didn't he doesn't know anything about baseball. He's never <laughs> written about baseball, and, he, and he's saying to me in this British accent, "So, so let me get this straight." <laughs> The New York Yankees don't allow their players to wear beards. <laughs> well, that's 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 fascinating. And and Madness. you say that jerseys 
the jerseys have buttons. Buttons, you say. And, and so... Uh, oh, God. Uh, so that's how big a story this is, that it's basically, you know, across the pond they're writing about it. That is funny. All right, exit question. Will they fix it, do you think? I think it's difficult to fix it for this season, uh, not just because of the logistics of getting new jerseys and new pants or whatever to all the the 30 teams, but because even if they can do that, then you've got all your retail partners, all these stores, you know, all your Dick Sporting Goods and Models and, and your clubhouse shops at the stadiums with suddenly obsolete merchandise you right. know if you suddenly put the bigger lettering back on the, the back of the jersey or whatever whatever changes you want to make um then the the merchandise that reflects you know the the uniforms we've all been seeing and complaining about suddenly is is obsolete and so what do you do about that and you even if you let all the stores return it for full credit which i kind of find unlikely but even if you do that how do you get new merchandise new product new inventory into the pipeline uh and so i think they've sort of backed themselves into a corner at least from a retail perspective where um it's kind of the tail wagging the dog which is how these things work a lot now where the the retail merchandise is the tail and (laughs) the on-field product is the dog i think they may be stuck with it for for this year Uh, it would not surprise me to see changes made for next season, however. Yeah. Well, the good news is all the jerseys you own out there, people, that are the ones from two years ago, three years ago, if they're in good shape and nicely cleaned, they're vintage items that are going up in value now as the trend in baseball uniforms, unfortunately, continues its downward slide. Yeah, and it means that uh, the fans will now be better dressed than the players on the field. Which is something to think about. Uni-watch.com. Not only log on, they've got great merchandise there as well. Even little tools to take the new era logo out of your baseball cap if that bothers you. Uh, And, of course, subscribe as well for all the updates. Paul, thank you for your time. Keep on watching guard over things that matter (laughs) to us in sports like uniforms. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Let's run some quick game here to end the pod today. So it looks like Kyle Filipowski of Duke is going to be just fine. After the storm and drang of the national media and Jay Billis and Seth Greenberg and everyone else saying, we got to ban court storming to start the week, the quote injury to Filipowski was his leg was quote a little sore as of Wednesday, but was not going to miss any time. People then went to Twitter to roast Filipowski, saying, this is the most Duke story ever. Guy tries to cheap shot a fan rushing the court, claims to be injured, turns out it's just a minor ouchie. Duke defenders go nuts all week, proposing insanely, insane insanely in in what's the word I'm looking for here sorry about this proposing things like Jay Bill is saying they should arrest people that are caught on the court of course I did say bundle them up with a rope and charge them five grand or kick them out that was only if you really want to ban court storming I, I could go either way on this but um it turns out he's gonna be fine just like Caitlin Clark was fine both cases, The players were pissed off they lost because they're competitors. 
They didn't like the fact that the fans were storming on the court, and they saw a chance to kind of go, oh, hey, look at this, and then wham, slam into the fan and then claim victim status. Doesn't shock me. It's sort of the way the world works now. Taylor Gooch says that if Rory McIlroy wins the Masters coming up this spring to complete the career Grand Slam, it will come with an asterisk because there just aren't the full run of world-class players in the field because of the World Golf Rankings and the Live Tour not getting the respect and the points that Live guys think they deserve. This boils down to simply Taylor Gooch who I would imagine most casual golf fans couldn't pick out a Duke Ellington's band if he was holding the saxophone. There's probably multiple saxophones in that band. Um, they, he's just mad because he wasn't invited. He didn't get a special invite. Joaquin Neiman of Live got a special invite, even though he was, wasn't qualified for the Masters. And Gooch, who was there last year but fell just out of the uh, requirements this year didn't get an invite, and people just went to town killing him. Now, to Rory's credit, Rory was generous in saying when asked about, you know, what do you think of this comment? He said, "Look, I I'll give Taylor the benefit of the doubt on this. I think it was the way it was asked. I don't think he meant any real malice by it. I get sort of what he's talking about. Of course, the fact of the matter is, every year the Masters has a short field." well under 100 players, of which a good dozen or so are these ceremonial ex-champs who are there just for the free shirt and the lunch they get with two rounds of competition play. So it's never a deep and really strong field compared to other majors. Why, it's an invitational. So asterisk is ridiculous. There are no asterisks. You play the event according to the rules as stipulated. It is what it is. Stop it already. So Anthony Kim has a commercial out for the Live Tour in which the end of the commercial showing him running around with his lovely wife and little daughter and his shirt that says Girl Dad on it and hitting a few balls in vans and a T-shirt with his man bun. Great imagery of, oh, look, it's Anthony Kim. He's got a wife and daughter now. Yay. He's going to golf again after 12 years. At the end, it says on the screen, Hello, haters. I'm back. To which many people said, Hello, haters. People loved you. People loved you and just wondered what happened. Now, of course, some people plucked random tweets from you know, his comeback announcement that were negative or snarky or mocking. But for the most part, he never had any haters. This whole haters thing. It's a, hey, uh, haters, take that. (laughs) Be interesting to see what he shoots this weekend. I hope he does well. I'll be interested. I'll be interested to see him, but I don't expect much. If you are capable of playing at a high level competitively, tournament golf against the best in the world or a small pool of the best in the world, which is what the Live Tour is, the Live Tour is like a gold-plated hot tub with Saudi money, with some real badass heavyweight players in there, and then a bunch of other scrubs filling out the top 50, and they play each other the same 50 guys every week. Same 50, same 50, same 50, same 50, same 50. The real talent 
out there in the golf world runs two, three, four, five hundred deep and then some. But we'll see how Anthony Kim does. I have low expectations. And I will not be rooting for him to do great or to shit his drawers. I will just be neutral on that. College bowl season could be scooched up now that the playoff schedule is out for the new expanded 12-team playoffs. That could put the Army-Navy game in jeopardy, or at least its weekend in jeopardy. The Army-Navy game found this nice sweet spot right after the conference championship games and right before bowl season and the holiday season began. Now if it gets moved up, what's going to happen? Or how will the college, will Army-Navy have to compete with other college football because of the bowl season starting earlier due to the college football playoff? We shall see. I would hope America's game could still sit as the lone, standalone, featured game on the Saturday in early December that it is currently. The NFLPA surveys are out by team. They surveyed their own members and published the results, asking players to rank and rate their own teams in terms of family friendliness, locker room facility, um, travel accommodations, a bunch of different criteria. They even asked to rank the owner. Worst owner in the league? Shocker to me, Clark Hunt Jr. of the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm dying to know why they think he's a bad owner. He's got a hot daughter, that's for sure. She does like the like the gram a lot. Not a bad follow to throw Gracie Hunt onto the old list. But these NFLPA surveys in which they bitch about, oh, the team charged us for daycare. Oh, they they didn't they only served one meal a week at the facility. Part of me thinks, yeah, if I if I owned an NFL team, I would make it first class, gold plated for my players and their families. Soup to nuts. What do I care? I'm a billionaire who owns a literal gold mine. With the NFL salary cap going up, teams still operate in the black from the moment they start the season without even opening the doors for tickets, parking concessions, everything else. TV money alone makes owning an NFL team a gold mine. Yes, I would splurge for all my players, but sometimes, no matter how much you give, someone's going to find a way to complain. Oh, yeah, it's it's daycare, but, uh, you know, it's only uh, <clears throat> it's only during the season. I was kind of hoping it would last into the offseason when we're doing OT. Well, okay, at some point you have to pay for your own daycare. The real thing with this is while the union does these surveys and it kind of makes some teams look bad and it helps spur these teams to step it up and get a new weight room, improve their meal plans, what the players ought to be doing is preparing for the next labor negotiation so they can actually get better labor rules so they can get paid more money. It's one thing to put out a survey ranking your your locker room as dead last in the NFL. How about you get rid of the franchise tags? Because Saquon Barkley is not going to get tagged this year. I believe last year there was enough teams interested that he would have signed somewhere as a true free agent for in the neighborhood of what, 40 to 50 million total, maybe 60, with at least 25, 30 million guaranteed. Instead, he played one year on $10 million, and now he's not going to be tagged. And I'd be shocked if he got half of what 
he would have gotten last year. Finally, there's this. I asked you guys, does anyone else out there do a nerdy guy trip like Charge's Whiskey Weekend? Well, my man Stuart Verdery Jr. said, regarding guy trip, Zabe, I'm part of a 20-man group from UVA, class of 93 law school, that has done 26 different major league cities to watch the major league team for a weekend. Every year is a great mix of booze, memories, baseball, and more, as well as something we call the hat game, where everybody puts a dollar in the rotating lineup lottery until somebody hits a home run. I don't quite know exactly how that works, but I'm sure I kind of get the gist of it. Anyway, we're down to just the White Sox, the Angels, the Rays, and the Orioles, believe it or not, as the cities and teams we've yet to go to as a group. Sincerely, Stuart Verdery Jr. Stuart, my man, that sounds that sounds like a fun trip, actually. I that sounds like the trip I maybe would want to go on, except for you know all all the baseball. Like that's, I mean, the baseball's fun. That's a lot of base baseball though. But if you love baseball, and really it's about your classmates, it's about your friends. It's a good one right there. Anyone else with a uh, trip like that? Let me know. Zabe at yahoo.com. That is a wrap for today. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy your Leap Day 2024. Have a great Thursday, and we will see you in the month of March tomorrow right here on the Zabecast. For you premium subscribers, you'll get me again this week tomorrow. Guest TBD, since I don't have access out here in Arizona to my normal Scott and Solly Friday podcast, We'll get somebody fun. We'll get somebody nice. We will entertain tomorrow. So thank you for being that 1% subscriber. It helps support this podcast and pays for the freeloaders who don't subscribe. Go to zabe.com slash premium to become a true one percenter for a mere $5 a month. Even less when you buy a year at a time. You get 12 months for the price of 11. If you want to go month to month, cancel any time. No big deal. And I thank everyone who does just that. Have yourself a great leap day and we will see you next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no. There is still plenty of opportunities to put a little something-something on the games. The NBA, college basketball, NHL, yes, golf. No matter what tickles your fancy, there is still plenty of action to whet your appetite. But just remember, where you bet is every bit as important, if not more so, than what you're betting on. That's why I tell my friends to go to mybookie.com. A-G. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big DraftKings fan duel, whatever. No, 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 no. Johnny come latelys. 
my bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does that matter? Oh, I don't know, in a million ways. Better lines, better payouts, less rules, you name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Now, make sure you read the rules on payouts regarding bonus wagering. It does require certain levels of wagering to collect your money. But if you just want to bet straight up, you don't want the deposit, you want to make a one-time bet for a million dollars, win it, and then walk away, fine. You can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today.